Hello, everyone. So as I start these new episodes now, um, I'm not really going to call it season two or anything. It's just going to be increasing in numbers and uh, probably not every week. So I wanted to, I guess, kind of uh, backtrack and apologize for some things I got wrong in the first season. Um, Kind of the main one that stands out to me and probably all of you is that I was asking guests about their childhood in probably the worst way imaginable by wanting to dismantle the stereotype of a troubled past as always being a necessity for sex workers. I definitely asked about it in the entire wrong way. My thought was to show that trauma in childhood doesn't equate with a lack of agency of choice that one has to be a sex worker as an adult. That wasn't how I asked it, though. I asked it in a way that prejudiced and judged childhood trauma, and I'm pretty disgusted with myself, to say the least. I'm really I'm really sorry I did that to all of you and made all of you listen to that. It was really oof. Um, anyways, I've never done something like this before, so I knew it'd mess up somewhere, and I'm really sorry that that had to be where. I think we all have childhood trauma, and it makes us who we are, and it's not anything to be ashamed of or dismiss. Um, if I could go back, I would have asked it in the appropriate way. I'm sure there are a number of other things I've messed up on. I can't quite think of this second. Um, I think the only other one I, that comes to mind is I'm also aware that the the succession of episodes I have are not necessarily showing like, the best like sample size of who a sex worker is. It, that's not necessarily in my control. I, I don't want to ever persuade or force vulnerable people to share their stories on the podcast, uh, subjecting themselves to trolling, criticism, discretionary issues. I had a big list of different episodes I wanted, and a lot of them didn't pan out, and the reality of who was available, volunteered, showed up. Um, was quite different than what I had planned, but I am really thankful for everyone that participated. And we are all facing stigma and operating in the shadows of this industry. So all stories really are beneficial to humanize sex workers and ideally get to get to that decriminalization. I would love to get more difference of experience, though. If you feel your version of experience um, hasn't been portrayed at all in the show, please send me an email and we can come up with a show for the future to share your story. I'm redoing the podcast website this week, and there will be a submission form and a guest sought page to show some specific concepts that I'm interested in. Again, though, if you just want to share your facet of the industry that I haven't shown yet or your version of events, please just email the show and we will go ahead and figure out something out. And the email for the show is contact at the escort deconstructed dot love. It's uh, on the Twitter. All right, so today we've got three sugar daddies. Um, yeah, I guess there's there's no real need to give any preamble. I will just add uh, add something after I play you guys these three recordings. The names that we've selected today are first up, it, I'm playing them in succession of when they happened. So the first one was recorded about a month ago and it was with a gentleman named Paul. And then we've got a gentleman named Winter. And then um, I read off a written statement from a gentleman named Carl. There's a lot of people who are trying things that they've never tried before. Sex! Why do you think people don't see it as work? I don't know. I think there's just too much stigma. What do you mean we can't just go tell people? The vast uh, complexity of human sexuality. The escort. Deconstructed. So I guess whenever you're ready, you can just introduce yourself as you please. 
Sure. Uh, well, using your guideline to make this thoughtless on my part. Yeah. Uh, we'll call myself Paul today. I'm in my 40s still. I am an engineer in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, been here for a few years, but uh, the Midwest before that. That's uh, that's a great identifier, and congratulations on still being in your 40s. I like how you put that. <laughs> <laughs> Holding on to that. <laughs> I mean, this is such an interesting uh, thing to participate in, volunteer your time for. Um, so I guess, how did you, or when did you start seeing, I guess, escorts or sugar babies um, just in general? And then I guess we can talk about other stuff. Uh, late 30s was the first time. Um, it started with, uh, not sure if it was either or really. I don't remember the website at the time, but it's like, what's a date worth or what's a lunch worth or something like that. I think I've seen actually, that. I think it's I, called I what's remember. your price is what that one is. Something like that is, yeah, is yeah. weird. Um, I don't even remember how it popped up online and I clicked through it and I saw a picture um, that was just absolutely mesmerizing is the most beautiful smile I've ever seen in my life. I don't know exactly why, but I wrote an email and she responded. Um, we had talked online for quite some time. And then eventually met in person over lunch. And then from there, it quickly snowballed to uh, probably about two-year-long relationship. Then what happened? Uh, I moved out of state and she uh, uh, finished her degree and moved the other direction. So the uh, parting was very much geographical in nature. So she was the first person you started talking to, and then you ended up talking to her for a long time and having a year-long thing with her? Or for, like, a sugar yeah, yeah. relationship. Okay, how was it a sugar relationship? Um, after that first lunch, we ended up uh, seeing each other probably two to three times a month. Um, she didn't live in the same city as me, but I traveled quite a lot for business. It ended up being usually, like, a dinner date, going out, and financially compensated as such. Um, I had seen a few escorts on business trips before that, uh, but it was it was very much different from that sort of transaction. How was it different? Uh, there was, I think, during the lunch, we actually, there was, I think, uh, a legitimate amount of chemistry between us. Um, it was a very flirtatious, fun lunch. I think it was way more genuine than what I had originally anticipated. Um, despite, I think, probably about a 15-year age gap, there were still, uh, maybe 12 years, there's still quite a lot in common, um, a lot of personality traits, similar senses of awful humor. Um, so it was, it was really quickly to have uh, a kind of like a close bond with someone that I didn't know that well and couldn't know that well, kept a lot of our personal lives very separate from that. Um, but we got along tremendously well for, you know, two years while that lasted. Maybe it was because you kept so much of your personal life private. There's something to the fantasy of it. Also true. It's, <laughs> it's easy to pretend to be the person you are when you don't need to prove it that much. Oh my God, I love that. Pretend to be the person you are. Find out otherwise. It's, it's definitely a, right. a costume you put on and on both directions. And when you don't have to explore or you, you can very easily limit how much you explore someone and what you share, it's kind of easy to keep the facade up, sort of. 
Sounds like that sounds a little genuine, but not being like pretending to be someone you're not, but maybe only sharing the aspects that you want to share. You keep all the good. You don't have to share anything else. Right. Kind of know what I mean? I don't think that's disingenuous. I think that's uh, just a lot of self-care and the relationship you want to focus on, the parts of yourself you want to focus on. Um, so you yeah, maybe not disingenuous, but incomplete. Okay. Might be a better word. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to. You don't want to talk about all your horrible experiences when you meet somebody, just so it's complete. No need. But eventually, you probably do, right? In a longer-term, <laughs> serious relationship. True. True. So you didn't feel like any chemistry with the escorts you saw before? It was. It was because this was a different thing. Yeah, I, th- I think the few times I'd seen escorts before, um, it was definitely transactional. It was an hour of activity. Um, you can't you can't get to know someone in an hour that quickly. It was definitely much more. It was more transactional, more physical. Um, the sugar baby was definitely a, a significantly different type of relationship. So you'd seen the escorts beforehand. So we're talking like 10 years ago? That- uh, no, probably. I think if I have to count years, um, what, 2020 right now? In 2007-ish would probably have, 2006 maybe, would have been probably the first experiences with an escort. And then a few years after that, I'd met L. Interesting. How did the uh, sugar conversation part of it come up? Ah, shit, that's been a long time. (laughs) Part of it was, I think, on the website, what they were looking for in terms of expectations. Um, And it was, you know, time and dates for helping with bills and whatnot. Um, I think it's kind of a easier thing to talk about during that lunch. Um, I think she definitely knew what she needed to get out of it. I had a pretty good, well, I don't know if I actually had a pretty good example. I take that back. I didn't know what I wanted out of it. Um, But I think it worked out. Uh, In retrospect, I paid for half a college degree I don't have, but no, that's part of the deal. That is the best kind of charity I can think of. You can see the the great that that's doing. So... Yeah, you know, the little bit, we've stayed in contact after we both moved away a little bit. And eventually that has, you know, got longer and longer times. I haven't probably talked in years, but it, it was fulfilling to see her be pretty damn successful in her field after college. So Aww. that roundabout way is awfully nice. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think since then, I think she's actually married now and expecting a child, which I think is pretty cool. So yeah, I think. It worked out well for her. I think she seems happy from what I can tell, and that's probably the most important thing, right? I think all relationships have an expiration date personally, so they all serve a purpose for a time. Do you think that the that conversation conversation relationship then differed from a normal one? This is such a tangent, but like you obviously in some way pay for anyone you're in a relationship with. I feel like in this way it's just like more blatant if it's going to be a sugaring thing. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I was still married when I first saw an escort. Uh, I was technically still married when I started that relationship with L, um, physically separated, not living together, but by law still married. 
Um, and it was, it was not like a dating type relationship or anything like you're casually dating someone or even exclusively dating. It was, it was definitely different. And it was, it was kind of just the best parts of early dating someone. You look forward to the dinners and time spent together, but there was no aftermath. You didn't have to worry about following up with text messages or phone calls or any of that. It was just like the fun aspects of dating without any baggage or any extra work required. I can totally see that. Yeah. It's like that first first month or two when you're dating someone where it's still doing fun and exciting dates, still learning, but not having to do a lot of else. So liking that honeymoon phase style sugar dating, you you did then use the platform seeking arrangement or did you just use that? No. Um, was it seeking? There was another one that I don't recall. I don't know if the seeking arrangement or whatever it's called. It's but it, it was essentially a, a website dedicated to sugaring. That was the, the second relationship I had, which was probably five years ago. Okay. For the life of me. It wasn't seeking arrangement. It was the other big one. And I have all their emails, secret benefits maybe or something like that. Okay, that sounds maybe right. And what was that experience like? Um, it didn't, it was not the same. I think that first one definitely set maybe some unreal expectations or uh, that, that, that first one with L may have gone too far. I think, I think there was some genuine care for each other. Um, and after a while, there were some awkward moments about that um, in terms of like a little bit of jealousy or what the fuck am I doing sort of moments. Um, and I think both directions probably. Um, the second girl, um, a little closer in age, but not by much. And it was it was a bit more transactional, probably closer to visiting an export escort than having like an actual any sort of relationship or connection with someone. And that was, I think, only six or seven months before it wasn't worth it. What's the sweet spot then since you got too attached to the first one and the second one was too transactional? Fuck if I know. <laughs> right. I I, I'm sure there is a sweet spot there, but I'll be damned if I could know what it is or identify it. It seems like that might be almost time-based a bit. Maybe every relationship does have an expiration date. And if you feel it like that, it's not it's not so bad when it ends. It was like this this was nice. So those are quite long, I think, for the norm. What was the age difference like? Um L was fourteen years different and Julie was only nine or ten, I think. Okay. Is younger women in both respects. Yes, yes. <laughs> there's a, there's just some statistics I'll have presented in the thing I do before that says on average their platform has like a, I think it's like 20 or 22 year age difference. And I was just curious. Um, so was monogamy implied or expected of either of you, both of you? Uh, no, not really. Um, I was still struggling with a marriage at that point. So obviously not on my side. Um, <laughs> there was 
like I, I definitely know in those two years she had dated some people, at least with Elle, the first girl, um, and didn't really care, matter, or talk about it much. Like that was not part of the lives we shared. Right, right. Part of our lives that we shared with each other. It was, I mean, there's some hard boundaries there that I think were, were a long time very well respected until eventually they sort of blurred away. And that's when I think probably when the relationship went a little too far for what it was. Um, with Julie, that was sort of the reason it didn't go on. There was definitely not monogamy. And I think some unsafe behavior that I was not comfortable with and realize it's not the health risks weren't worth the benefits and time to cut out. So she told you about something unsafe. Um, but you've seen escorts before, so it's not like an escort bias. It's like a, oh, I know you're doing something unsafe bias. Uh, yeah, a lot of unprotected sex, right? Oh, my God. A lot? <laughs> uh, oh, uh, enough that it was, like, I'm not anyone to judge. No, but no, no. I mean, I, it's just so dangerous. It's not worth it. it. I mean, it's so easy to just wrap it up and be safe and then not worry about it. Hey, I mean, at, at least she told it. you, right? Yeah, um, she told me while well, drunk, and I don't think she realized until after the fact, but I, I realize this is not. The risk factor increased to a point that was no longer tolerable. I would agree with that. Would you say that um, there was a physical intimacy expected, or was that the entire point of it? Was that not the point of it? Sex? Yes, yes. That physical intimacy, I yeah, mean, absolutely. But there's different, Always, right? like, some people don't want to have full sex. Some people want to do other, like, you know, you just, like, bracketed intimacy. Um, yeah, definitely. It was it was certainly part of it. Um, I'd be surprised if it wasn't ever part of it. Mm. I think it was either not being truthful there or not being truthful there. So but, you yeah, think it, it, it definitely was. It's definitely the main reason that people use that website well i want to say men the women might have other well sugar babies i know that can be either either any gender that seems to be the main reason why people would uh sign up yeah absolutely right okay i agree but i can't i'm trying to be i don't know anything impartial i mean it definitely (laughs) is whether that's you know a more physical thing or it has some some a deeper connection or some, you know, emotional intimacy there might be a differentiator, but less frequent, less frequent for it to not be expected. I'd say, um, so yeah, you said you did see escorts and now after these, um, I guess long-term and then short-term sugar arrangements, did you, have you seen escorts again? Are you just giving up for now? Taking a break from all the female drama? Um, no, it, it, it depends. I, I try to, uh, try to limit myself a little bit and only do that during business trips when I'm not in my own city. Um, I think it offers a little level of safety that you never run into someone, you know, or yeah, anything yeah. like that. I think a lot of people um, feel that way and only see where I traveled quite a bit and probably was doing it more frequently. And then when I'm not traveling could go months without or a year in 2020, <laughs> Yeah, right? Fuck. It is a terrible year for every reason. Never going to yeah, forget so it, it. It definitely was related to travel and how frequently that was. So, yeah, what would you see the advantages of seeing a sugar baby or the advantage of seeing a companion? 
Um, I don't know. There, I, I think there's advantages and disadvantages to both. Um, for me, sexually, I think there's still a tremendous emotional aspect of it. It is a very intimate act to do. And if it's, you know, sometimes with someone you just met, it's not, it's not the same. You're, you're functionally masturbating with someone's body, not necessarily having sex sort of kind of way. I think with the sugar baby, that connection is a little, little deeper, more meaningful. Um, because you spend more time, you get to know someone. Sometimes that's not always what you want. Sometimes it is the more physical release. And so I, I think there's a little bit of advantage of both. Um, I've noticed I've, you know, seen the same escort in a certain city a few times and it gets closer to having sort of a repertoire with someone when they recognize you and remember. And, and that's sort of approaches it, but like at a 10 or 15% level, not on the same aspect, if that makes sense. There's <laughs> totally, some familiarity totally. there that I think makes a whole experience so much better, but it's still not the same as still um, not the same um, when you get a text message and you get excited to see who it's from versus know what I mean and that why well, why use that instead of like you know bumble or tinder since that is also just like a casual thing uh technological luddite I don't have either of those apps on my phone and I've honestly never tried either was there a downside to using the the platform like I assume it makes the male users pay like a monthly fee or something um uh yeah, I think there was like a, to be able to message someone, it was a small fee, but it was, I joined once, got messages out and then let it expire and never used it again. Okay. It's not like I was actively on there every month. Have you uh, generally found sugar babies to be of a lower socioeconomic background or are they, or are they not? You said you paid for one of theirs, most of their university. Yeah. Um, in, in her case... At 18, essentially kicked out of the house, um, trying to do the best she could, got financial aid for a little bit, worked two jobs, still struggled. Um, so I don't know what background her parents had, but definitely definitely was not riding on uh, someone else's paycheck through college. So in that case, very much so. Um, the second, probably the same, but a sample size of N equals two is not enough to answer that question accurately right i mean the only way you're going to get to the bottom of it though is asking personal experience because these third-party websites have no obligation to give accurate statistics so i mean and you never know if people even act answer accurately right right you don't have to any image portrayed online is what they want that image to be not necessarily what's genuine hence the whole reason for this podcast right here (laughs) um I'm excited for you to hear if you want to listen to it, the one I'll be releasing before this. Uh, did you tell any What's of your... Topic? It's Seeking Arrangements. Uh, yeah, you never use that platform though, or did you just like take a glance? Uh, I was on it, but never matched on it. Okay. Like there's a lot of bots and then people use it oh, essentially... So many. They essentially use it as backpage is what I'm saying. Like there's so many guys that are like meeting in my hotel room for $300 for the night, but they're trying to pretend like it's just, it's for mentorship. It's for people in oh, university. It is. It's and for... there are 
some awful review boards out there that have entire threads dedicated to it. That oh, so you've seen that, have you? What's that? You've seen that, have you? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I when I travel, I, I was a big fan of Trist. Oh yeah. That link. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I think there's generally. I think they're great. It's independent escorts typically, but like it's 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 just uh they don't really charge that high of a monthly fee, and they didn't initially. It's I would say the best quality people. If you're looking for, I, like I would a, agree with that. Yeah. Occasionally, I'll find a local board, um, have a minimal profile on it, but enough to keep a couple local references to be safe for screening and stuff like that. Um, and you'll see the same threads on there about, you know, seeking arrangements or sugar babies, and it's here's the username, here's their rate, here's exactly what they did. It's fucked up what kind of advice are they giving people they're just giving reviews of people they saw seeking arrangements or a bit of both okay um sometimes you'll see people with some oh here's how i haggled but i think a lot of it's it's probably fantasy not actuality that didn't happen dude. Stroking, <laughs> stroking their own ego in between stroking other things <laughs> Whatever gets you off, really. Did you uh, tell any of your family or friends you, like, um, if you saw this one woman for, like, a year or two, did you tell anyone yes. how you met her, or did she ever meet anyone? No, never. Never? That was, that, that's, I think it's the awesome part of that. It was everything you wanted in that, like, fun honeymoon stage, but with firm boundaries where it didn't go further than that, yeah. which I think led that phase get drawn out over a long amount of time. I think really kind of interesting in that respect that you kind of get to that point in sort of a kind of a casual relationship and it stalls there, but in a good way for quite a bit. I mean, that's what both of you are seeking. So I guess it's good in that way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I have to ask, have any of your arrangements been primarily based on mentorship? Like, did you give any of them business advice, which... Or did you introduce no. them to your network so that they could get nope. better ahead? No, nope. I think that is marketing crap. I think it's a bunch of bullshit. I, I'd be surprised if that happens. And if it is, it's probably certainly not the norm. So why would you not introduce um, maybe these people that work in the same engineering field as you to your business contacts so that they could get better connections? Why would you not? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't think I ever had the opportunity wildly different fields that we were part of um didn't have the opportunity i don't think they had the wants to do that in any way shape or form um wasn't ever even a conversation that came up but for the record would it be awkward to introduce your business contacts to someone you were seeing like that it would depend on the situation depend on the person heavily if it was someone that was in the same field and looking for career growth um, and there was a tremendous amount of trust and respect there. I'd consider it you like helping someone get an internship or something like that. Yeah. I'd consider it, but it would be, uh, there's so much variables there. It'd be hard to say. It'd be very much depending on, um, the person again, with a lot of respect and trust there. And then also enough confidence that what I'd recommend them for, they would do an amazing job for it. Wouldn't just be. And not ruin all your connections. <laughs> yeah much so the founder well yeah this main thing is all like started because of a podcast i heard from the seeking arrangements sugar baby university representative and uh, anyways there's an article the founder wrote saying that sugar 
ing is not a form of sex work? Like, do you think that's accurate <laughs> that it's not a form of sex work? Like, it's fair to say maybe it's of not. Of course it is. But why? Of course it is. How? Why? Because eventually you're paying for a relationship in which you have sex. They're saying it's prostitute adjacent. Well, like a commercial sex aside, work, right? And it's like, have, have I given money for sex, or did I give some currency for? I mean, come on, come on. <laughs> I know, I know, I agree. But the thing is, he's like putting down actual escorts and saying that uh, he said the difference between the two could not be clearer. Um, he says the desire of wanting to form and keep a genuine relationship is the defining quality separating out sugar dating from prostitution and says prostitutes are simpletons and sugar babies are what you should strive to be. Uh, that's clearly marketing and Tim trying to not get arrested for federal crimes. Right. And so if, I mean, come on. if people are, uh, used- by, by that, I mean, if you have any sort of regular in terms of escorts, how is that different? It's not. It's a bunch of bullshit. That's him trying not to have the same. I'm sorry. That's him trying to not have the same fate as the founders of Backpage, right? Right. But it's kind of being operated like that with the paper meat stuff that I, I see all the time on there. I still have an account that I just like read the emails from. There's also like um, ads out there he has trying to recruit women off Instagram with 4,000 followers or more to be sugar babies and sugar baby ambassadors. And then at the same time, putting down commercial sex work. Like, do you think there's a kind of a danger to saying you should be a sugar baby and not a prostitute? No, because it's it's such... It, one, it's semantics. It's all doing the same thing. And everything he's doing is 100% marketing driven, right? I mean, I, I mean, it looks that way. <laughs> clearly trying to make a website grow. But the differentiation is a bunch of crap. He, he might be trying to normalize it a little bit. Or make it more socially acceptable, but it's—I mean, the same—it's the same fucking thing. It's the same fucking thing. To me, it does seem a little bit like a cult, and he wants to be the leader of it instead of it just being sex work that's been around since the dawn of time. World's oldest profession for a reason. What do you see like the future of all this being? Since uh, you know you've been on the boards and seen the articles, and you see, I guess, the rise of the independent escort with twitter and all this stuff like what do you see the future of this ideally looking like fuck if i know as a client just like that because don't you think it's becoming more and more like prevalent like more and more young people are becoming involved in the industry because of like the huge amount of debt people are in from university costs and other reasons like people are more and more doing only fans and other stuff like that like whatever form of being in the industry yeah i don't know that's a terrific question i imagine with all things of this sort of nature, it slowly gets more and more common, turns into normal vernacular and conversations. It does slowly become slightly more socially, maybe not accepted, but noticed. But who knows? I, I think decriminalization, in, at least in the States, is a long, long way away. Could change depending on current events next month a little bit, but... We shall see. That is so, that's coming up really soon. Maybe by the time I put this out, it'll, we'll be done. But I mean, I, I don't think that actually means anything. Take our current president, Trump. 
who's married to he's married to an ex-sex worker sorry melania but we all know that you were an escort we all know absolutely sees them married to them right still in office when fosta got signed so go figure i just i can't even with these people but that's kind of like the the whole reason of keeping this not okay is that it's typically young typically women And the men want to, yeah, why would they want to give up, you know, the power that they have over them and getting the best price they can? Like, I totally get it. You know, when you are 50 and have worked your whole life, you do deserve some concessions. But would you be giving those same sexual concessions to someone? No, it's just it's it's a unique position, I think. It's unfair. It's it's very much a position of power, right? No doubt about that. It's making like a predator's playground like the whole Epstein thing of it being $300 and I'll just go to lunch with you and then once he's alone with them be like what do you think I gave you $300 for I need a massage and then like that's exactly to me what happens uh, on a it lot wasn't of- a massage come on right. it wasn't a massage <laughs> but that's what I'm saying though a lot of these websites are like put air quotes around that yeah a lot of these websites are like nothing is expected and it's like no that's Bullshit. that's really scary though for like naive 19 year olds 18 year olds going on these websites I, I would. I mean, yeah, they say that, but you I feel think, like everybody knows. I mean, that's not the what small print is there. Them trying to get new followers from Instagram that don't know about. They're trying to get new young people, and the majority of people seen on these websites are, are women below twenty five. And I mean, I think your first experience is not the norm, but I'm really happy for you. But I like the whole point of me doing all of this is that I just I'm trying to like spread information about the realities of what could happen and what might be happening. But also that means the good bits like your experience. Yeah, yeah I've, I've been um, honestly pretty blessed in that respect, at least with the first one. It was it was I've got nothing, no regrets, nothing but fond memories. Um, it certainly helped me through some hard times what I was going through just to have a an outlet that was nothing but joy and happiness and none of the other stress or totally pretty pleased with it for all for all things considered my theory is that sugar daddy sugar baby relationships were always a thing and will continue to be a thing and i think just the way that these platforms are advertising it and like co-opting it is the corrupt scary bit yeah, it definitely changes when you put a third party into it, marketing for someone. Right, right, totally. That's, oh my God, that, you said it perfectly. That's that's one too many people in the room and not in a good way. Totally, totally. Well, I guess, you know, share anything else you want to add about why you wanted to share this or your thoughts on it or some parting advice for people, like whatever comes to mind. I don't know. I don't know if I'd have any advice. You didn't then, learn any any wisdom. What did I learn? Maybe some <laughs> things about myself, but that's for me. Um, be careful. Have clear expectations. Who knows? I, I think there's such unique, unique things that even the two that I went through were so wildly different. There's hardly any commonality between them, other than what a, it was some sort of relationship based on financial compensation for. Or physical intimacy and that that's about the only commonality between the two and i imagine if everyone's probably wildly different in what they want what they need what they're running from or running towards who knows so just be ready for a pick your own adventure kind of situation yeah right <laughs> sometimes those pages are the ones that say game over sometimes not who knows well i think those are the, all the questions i have for you and you are free to enjoy the rest of your afternoon morning right lunch 
Uh, it's, it's one o'clock here. <laughs> Thank you so much. This was fun. I've enjoyed listening to your podcasts. I had a few long layovers in the last, well, previous COVID that I've listened to a few. They're pretty fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <gasps> okay, bye. All right. Thank you. Have a nice night. All right. No, I think that's good. Did you pick your, your, your desired alias? What if I just say my name is Winter? Perfect. Uh, my name is Winter. I'm a former professional hockey player till I was 22, 23 years old. And then uh, injury kind of derailed my career. Since then, I've been different business ventures kind of all over the world. And when I was in my early 40s, I got into the world of escorts and seeking arrangements and now we're here and now here we are how many years did you say it's been uh it's 2012 i guess so eight all right you got like one year on me i think <laughs> um yeah it was I mean, very, very slow in the beginning though and very, no kidding uh, i had no idea about anything well, tell me how that started. Like, did you see an ad for it back in the day? Or had you already seen yeah, escorts I, before the sugar dating thing? Sorry? Had you already seen escorts before the sugar dating thing? Uh, yes. Okay. I saw a girl on ad on Craigslist who lived close to my house in North Van. So I saw her a few times. And then she told me about Herb and ER's list. I had no idea. Like a escort ad agents oh okay so that's kind of where it started and then how did the sugar website idea come up a friend of mine he he did it and he said oh you should try it and yeah that's where that started what was the benefit did he tell you um no we didn't really get we were business colleagues so we didn't really (laughs) get into it too much oh i love that yeah. <laughs> he wants you to be happy. Yeah, yeah. So it was uh, the Seeking Arrangement platform, or did you use one of the other ones? No, only Seeking Arrangements. Mm. Well, I just found out last night that Seeking Arrangement and Miss Travel and What's Your Price are all owned by the same person. I'm not sure about no, secret really? benefits, but yeah, I think it's just to like have the illusion maybe of different websites. If you don't like one, it's like, I'm going to try this. No, the same dude. Yeah, yeah. So, I guess, what has your experience been? I don't know how many um, experiences you had, but feel free to unleash. Yeah, on Seeking Arrangements, it, it was very chaotic at first. Like I said in my profile, became a paid member, and the emails were just overwhelming. It was like, I'd wake up and there'd be like 40 messages in my inbox, and I would try to reply to everybody, and it was just, it was so overwhelming. And then it got to the point where you would talk back and forth a little bit and the girl would say, oh, can you send me $200? I'm short of my rent or something. So there were so many of them that were, were I'm pretty sure were scams. And then, uh, and then I went on a few dates and it was just really flaky and not very organic. And that was like the first two months probably. None, not one of them was working out. And then I met another girl off there who was fairly new, and uh, that one worked very well, actually. That's awesome. Yeah. 
I saw her for about a year, year and a half, maybe. Oh, okay. What was the um, age difference like? Uh, she was, I was 40s. She was mid-20s, mid to late 20s. Okay. Um, I mean, how did the sugaring part of the conversation come up? Uh, it basically just started as a pay-as-you-go type of thing. So, like, per meet just, type of thing? Yeah, per meet type of thing, just so we got to know each other. And then and then we worked on an arrangement after that. Was a uh, monogamy implied or expected from either of you? Uh, not at first, but later on it was. Okay, okay. Yeah, um, the platform uh, says that physical intimacy is not expected for arrangements to occur. Has that been your experience? Um, maybe in the first beginning it was, because it was, it was just... It was like speed dating. Right. But after then, yeah, it kind of was. Once, once we figured out the arrangement part, yes. Okay. How did it differ from seeing companions, like escorts? Because I think the, another big thing of the platform is they're saying it's not sex work. Um, yeah. And so have you found that to be the case for your experiences, that, like, having a sugar baby, like, did you ever see sugar babies just for, like, one-offs? Maybe not one-offs, but, like, for just a shorter duration? Uh, no, not really. Okay. No. So the main difference I found with not all escorts, but some are on a very restricted time. Like, you book, you have an hour, you're in, you're out, that's it, done. Whereas sugar babies, you can go for dinner, you have a little more freedom with time. It's a little more casual, I would say. Right. Did you ever book... A little less... Did you you ever book companions for more than an hour? Probably all the time, like three, four, five hours. Oh, okay. Yeah, like I I would never book an, an hour. But even like, even three hours, it's still... You get to the point where, oh, okay, the time... The time is almost up. Right, right. So there's still there's still kind of a time limit. Doesn't even if it's three hours, five hours, eight hours, there's still that time limit. And then the sugar babies are happy to not be as stringent with the time. Yeah, like it's kind of yeah. Let's go for dinner. Let's do this. Do that. It doesn't really matter. Okay. Do you? From my experience, I'm sure there's others that say, okay, yeah, we can only meet for so long, but. Do you think that it is uh, a form of sex work or not really from your experience? Sugar, sugar baby world? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, 100%. <laughs> Why? Yeah. Well, just because I think most of them are, it's a, it's a business in some sense where they're, they want money to pay for whatever, whether it's luxury items, school, life, whatever. So it's still transactional. And I think once it becomes transactional, it, it's it's work. So would you give, uh, like, actual money for something in specific? Or would you give, like, oh, I'll pay your rent, like, directly. Like, I'll literally buy your textbooks. Or did you give... Because a lot of people are adverse to giving people cash for, I think, ulterior motives, but... Um, well, yeah, I've done both. For one, it was, like, the pay-as-you-go couple of dates that I had. It was like, okay, we'll meet, we'll have dinner, I'll give you 500 bucks. Or the other, the girl that I saw for quite a while, it got to the point where I bought her a condo, a car, cash, basically whatever she needed or wanted. Like a real relationship. <laughs> like It was basically like a real relationship, exactly. <laughs> right. 
so and it got to the point closer to the end where it was there was not really any cash exchanged for the last four or five months i mean yeah it sounds like an actual relationship not like it's yeah. not an actual relationship anyways but you know what i mean yeah yeah it was just like if she needed something i would just give it to her but it was never really okay you need to pay me ten thousand dollars on the third did you uh <clears throat> you see your arrangements over like a, a certain amount of years do you think it changed since you started using it to a few years later when you were using it um at first when i when i started it was very because i was so new it was very overwhelming and it was just so crazy and then when i went off i went off for a little while and then I went back on. I went back on. So then I knew kind of what to look for. Like I could pick out the kind of fake ads and fake people. And yeah. Do you want to give some tips for any listeners? Curious. Uh, anybody that that is asking for money for any sort of my dog got hurt. My car's broken, blah, blah, blah is probably a probably fake. I think you shouldn't be sending money before you meet somebody. Anyway. Exactly. What did you, um, cause you use this instead of like a dating app, I guess, or do you consider this to be a dating app? Like, I kind of wonder why people don't use like Tinder or Bumble or PO app or something sometimes. Uh, I don't know. I've never really gone on Tinder or any of the other ones. So like a discretion I'm, thing. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. That I makes like sense. Keep my my social and personal life a little separated. Can I ask how much it costs to use the website? Uh, I think it was a hundred and hundred and thirty dollars American for a month. Holy! Has that increased yeah. with time or decreased? Uh, I haven't been on in a while. Okay. Actually. I guess I so could just like, easily <laughs> like it's for guys. It's free too. Oh. But you can't. But you can't message. So basically, you can just go on and look you can't send messages okay you pay you, you pay for the messaging you know i think that might be the case with women now too it wasn't the case obviously way back when but i think to start oh maybe not i don't know it's been a while <laughs> i think now women have to pay if they want to have a like a highlighted profile mm. like a verified profile they have to pay for that man i'd love to know the numbers on how many people actually use it oh i'm sure quite a few seems like a pipe dream I've seen a lot of girls that I know are escorts on seeking arrangements. Well, like, yeah, all I, the time. I think it's that basically it's, a, another platform to use. Right. And my friend, Natalie, that used it, she like straight up was telling people she was an escort. I think she got banned within like three days because she didn't understand the difference, which to her credit, yeah. like I get it. I think that, you know, even escorts could want like something uh, like ongoing with somebody they like. And it, I don't know. Totally. It's hard to like explore this because like I don't <laughs> I don't know what everyone else's experience is, hence this podcast. Yeah. Did you notice a trend in like who an a sugar baby was or were they from the same socioeconomic background did you find? Uh, uh a lot of them were early twenties college students, I think. Like it's hard to tell because they could have fake profiles or fake whatever. But uh, yeah, a lot of them were early 20s, college students, struggling to live in Vancouver because it's so expensive. Vancouver's also a university town, isn't it? Town, uh, city. Yeah, there's two universities. Okay. I wonder if you were in like Kelowna. Does Kelowna have a university? I'm so dumb. Yeah, smaller university, yeah. Okay. 
Were you, can I ask what age range do you like put in the search? Uh, normally mid twenties, mid twenties to mid thirties. Okay. I'm not into seeing older people. I, you're anonymous. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it's not so much that it's just, I know a lot of people in Vancouver, so I didn't want to have too much crossover. And a lot sense. of the people lived or they said they lived in the downtown area, which is, which is where I used to live. So that makes sense. I mean, I think it's, it's good to feel like you're helping somebody with like an education or something too. That's a bonus. Yeah. Did you tell anyone apart from your business partner that told you about the website that you were like, did you introduce them to your friends and family at any point or? Uh, the one girl, yes. The other ones, no. Okay. Because, yeah, the platform saying that arrangements are primarily based on mentorship. And they also say that mentorship is equivalent to cash, which... Um, did you find yourself mentoring people and that being uh, a primary just, reason? Just, just the one girl. Okay. Most of the other ones were so quick. It was, wasn't very long. But her, yes, for sure, business-wise and, and a few other things. Did you introduce her to any of your network contacts? Uh, in the States, yeah. Okay, cool. That's awesome. She ended actually. up moving to San Diego, and I had some business contacts in the States that I kind of set her up with. Oh, that's really nice. So it was very amicable, the ending. So, yeah. I love hearing about success stories. <laughs> yeah. Hear a lot of horror stories. Oh, yeah, I would imagine. They're, the Sugar Baby University campaign is trying to normalize being a sugar baby um yeah but at the same time saying that being a commercial sex worker is not uh is not wholesome um it's a bad thing to be so do you think there is a danger of like saying sex work is better than sugar babying or sugar babying is better than being a sex worker and like normalizing one and not the other no i think both are are basically basically the same thing and both definitely should be normalized like there's there's nothing wrong with either one. Have you ever reported an account? What do you mean? Like if someone was trying to scam you, did you ever report the account on the platform? No. Okay. To me, it just seems like if you're going to advocate for sugar babying, it's kind of like the women don't have as much of a leg up to signal if like abuse is happening, but I might be wrong. Yeah, well... I've had a few dates, like a few of the one-offs where the girls, we would go for dinner and they would get like crazy drunk because I don't know if they were just uncomfortable and it was like their first time or that was just who they were. Like it was just like over the top, crazy drunk. And you would never find that or I would never find that in the escort world. Right. Yeah. Why is that? Well, I think because in the escort world, they're a lot smarter with their safety. That's it's true. Just to- totally different. Maybe they just don't know what's expected of them. Like on purpose, things are vague, and you're supposed to decide for yourselves what the expectations are. Which I think asking like a 19 year old girl to know how to bargain properly, especially with her body, it's like oof. It's like compared yeah. to like a 50 year old guy that knows. I. It just seems like a a bit. It's open for interpretation a lot, and probably she's not going to have the best skills. Yeah, yeah. It's not skewed towards the 19-year-old girl. Coming out on top ever. 
coming out on top ever. Yeah. So I guess you're going to keep doing this when COVID is over. Are you all done now? Is it easier than a normal relationship? Yeah, I don't know. I haven't really decided. It's been so long since COVID. Pre-COVID, I would see a couple girls a week and like the kind of the same girls all the time. Hmm. And like since then, I haven't seen any. So it's kind of been, it's kind of been a little bit different. So I don't know what it's going to be like once, uh, once we go back to normal, any sort of normalcy. Not into the online online relationships. No, not at all. <laughs> I may go back into the sugar type world, even maybe with an escort, because I know there's a few that I've talked to in the past that would be interested in kind of getting out of the escort world. Yeah. But with a guy kind of that knows her past. Totally. I think kind of know that they want to have the money part and blah, 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 which I would be open to. Yeah. I think asking escorts if they're into like arrangements, that's not, that's not a bad thing. I think most people would be if they like the client and have like that much free time or whatever, they're not like in like eight jobs in school. Well, I guess, is there anything else you want to share with everybody listening about the topic of you using these platforms and being a sugar daddy? Um, I think as long as you're honest with the girl and everything is kind of straight up and you're not out there trying to scam people, it kind of goes both ways. I think I think that is the, the main thing. But should you regard yourself as a sex worker if you're doing sugar babying more than once? Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is a written response from Carl. I started using Seeking Arrangement about three years ago. I discovered the platform through a friend. I've been married a long time, but had several affairs, all of which ended dramatically. She wanted more. Wanted me to leave my family mismatched expectations, major heartache and drama. A friend suggested exploring a sugar baby because, quote, it is the most honest relationship you'll ever have, end quote, he said. These arrangements usually last six to nine months, and when they end, you both go your own way. You each get something mutually beneficial out of it. My experience has been mixed. First of all, I'm not interested in anyone under the age of 25. I can't really relate to that, which eliminates two-thirds of the profiles. I have talked to a number under 25 years of age and found most of them to be nice and real. Most are dealing with college loans or the cost of living in expensive Vancouver and looking for some help to make ends meet. A few are, quote, looking to be spoiled, and I avoid those like the plague. My ideal preference is over 30 years of age, but I often consider women in their late 20s. I've been scammed a few times by catfishers, so you have to be careful to not disclose too much information about yourself until you've had a chance to talk to, or ideally meet casually, to determine whether or not they are real. I've had three successful arrangements. One lasted more than a year. The others lasted about three to four months all ended on positive terms because circumstances changed, brackets moved away, got a boyfriend, etc. Um, I used to see escorts, but I rarely do now. I have a ton of respect for escorts and the valuable role they play in society, 
brackets, they saved my marriage. Without that outlet, I would have left my family situation more than a decade ago. I far prefer the sugar baby relationship because I'm looking for more of a relationship and some intimacy, some mentorship, sometimes help with a business investment. It's more than just about the sex act for me. Escorts are great, but it's hard to manufacture intimacy in an hour or two. It's hard to sustain a relationship, multi-visits per month plus social contact without spending several thousands of dollars. That's beyond my budget. So I found that the mutually beneficial relationship where I can help her, we develop a bond, a friendship, and achieve some intimacy just works better for me. I have tried to find that with escorts in the past, but with one exception, it was very difficult to sustain without enormous investment that would ultimately get me caught. I have only ever used the Seeking Arrangement website when seeking a sugar baby. I am seeing more and more younger girls on there, and that disturbs me. I'm certain some of these women are being exploited. Personally, I stay away from anyone under 25. However, what I have noticed among the 30-plus women is that they are almost all fantastic people. Smart, well-educated, accomplished. Some are in desperate financial circumstances, but I never got the sense that any of them are being manipulated by someone else. They're mature women and know why they're there. I have done extensive research, searched hundreds of profiles, spoken to several dozen, and met with several dozen others over the years. Aside from a few catfishers, the vast majority have been very real in who they say they were. I have not generally found sugar rabies to be of a lower socioeconomic background. In the 30-plus demo I was talking about, most appear to be well-educated and have careers, at least in the Vancouver area. I have not told my friends or family about my involvement or anyone else. Some of my arrangements have been based primarily on mentorship, yes. Business and career advice help with a business plan, investments. I would say that a strong plurality, one-third, are looking for more than just cash. Many are looking for relationships, some for business and career mentoring, some are looking to travel, others for companionship. The term mentorship is probably a stretch, seems a little paternalistic for the 30-plus age group. It's more of a friendship. I think that the whole marketing um, towards mentorship is probably just due to the founder being stuck in the U.S. market and needing to play with that wording in order to avoid FOSTA-SESTA. There's no question it's sex work. There's no question younger girls are being attracted and likely exploited. I don't think we should normalize the term sugar baby. But I don't think it's the same as being an escort. Some sugar babies become escorts, likely to gain greater control over their business and not be exploited. Many of the women I've met don't want to be considered escorts, brackets, or hookers, or prostitutes. Of course it's sex work, and perhaps this is semantics, but I've heard several speak articulately about the difference between a no-strings-attached or friends-with-benefit relationship with one person they develop a bond with, brackets, in return for an allowance, and being, quote, a professional escort, seeing multiple people they don't know and have to screen on a daily or weekly basis. Perhaps it's a distinction without a difference? So there is no one-size-fits-all. Seeking arrangements helps many people. I count myself among them. 
Many of the women I've spoken to speak fondly of their experiences. It's helped them make their lives better and helped them make ends meet in an incredibly expensive city, particularly in light of COVID. Not all sugar babies could be escorts, nor do they want to be. But all escorts could probably be sugar babies under the right terms and conditions. Ultimately, there's a vast variation of women on that site, brackets, and I don't think many bots. You can't put them all easily in one basket. Um, I have reported an account twice, both catfishers and the customer service team was helpful. All right, thank you gentlemen for really giving me the time uh, to record these with me and write this in. Uh, Obviously, these men are nice people. They are not the kind of person that is going to be someone you have a bad experience with. It's going to be pressuring you into unsafe practices or anything like that. So I knew going in that the only people that would be participating in this would be the good person you'd find on a arrangement website. Um, it would be nice to also hear from the other guys and their logic in it, but I think that is a pipe dream at this point. So I guess Carl was right. These platforms do let people find each other. It enables that, but it's mainly around the idea of promulgating stigma and like distancing oneself from sex work to not have to deal with all that pesky drama associated with actually calling yourself a professional while getting to benefit monetarily from the sexual labor part. I mean, I get it, but none of us enjoy dealing with the stigma either. Still, it is what it is, and being in denial about your involvement in the sex work industry, I don't know if that's going to benefit you in the long run, but I mean, you might as well be okay with being a sex worker. You don't have to broadcast it, but then you should maybe educate yourself on decriminalization, what other people are doing, what is and isn't normal, because I would not be relying on these platforms to tell you what is and isn't in your best interest if they're going to be saying it's not sex work and promoting their brand at the expense of it, kind of. So I was thinking about this. If the website was more of a put up a profile with the contact information, like a text number or an email, and people message directly on their own, and these conversations weren't happening on this third-party platform, I think it would work out a lot better. I mean, to me, that really does just kind of sound like a escort directory list, but I mean, if you made it a sugar baby directory list instead... There's something really pimp-y to me about these platforms telling you what you can and can't say, what you should and should not do, what is and what is not normal, and conditioning you into what you should accept and who you should be. Sort of like an agency telling you you should never be charging more than 300 an hour, or so the regular clientele keeps screaming, and you should pretend to be younger than you are and say it's your first time if you want to look attractive to the type of clientele that they get there. That's the thing of it is that Paul said really well is three people in the room is just too much. I don't know. It's really it's really impossible to prescribe what, what, what the best way to be doing any of this, but I'm glad I could get some, some firsthand experiences out there so people can decide for themselves. But I mean, again, it's all kind of cringe to me. The concept of sugar dating existed before these brands tried to turn a profit off these intimate arrangements. So from personal experience, I'm open to certain kinds of arrangements if there was someone I enjoy, though it would not be 100% exclusive because I'm not looking for, I mean, a husband or to kill the hard work I put into Sienna. Being entirely dependent on one person or two people has never happened in the course of my life except when I was a child with my parents. 
I can't say I'd trust it or want to be in that state of dependence again. It would be very concerning to me and I would get lots of anxiety and I don't know that it would be worth it. Um, so I wondered if the conclusions I reached through my experience is similar to others. So hence the Twitter poll I created. It's pretty hard to pick the right Twitter poll answer options or ask the right questions in the best way to get the most answers. I'm, I'm sure that I messed it up, but here's what I came up with. So the tweet is, escorts, are you open to an arrangement with one man or a few men in lieu or en lieu of accepting new clients? Seeking stats on whether or not this version of sex work involves those under the escort label. So... Um, once I took away the results because I'm nosy option, we have 534 votes cast by supposedly by sex workers. So 49% said, yes, I have done that. 35% said no, but I would. And 16% said no, and I would not. So I guess that means that a number of women would be open to it. So I think what I was getting at with this is I think a lot of escorts have found themselves in this industry as a result of bad sugar dating experiences, experiences where their time wasn't respected and they were roundabout insulted and jerked around for acting like a professional. I think many escorts are open to having long-term relationships with clients, um, especially if it's not exclusive. They simply also want to have some respect and a power dynamic that isn't skewed against them and therefore endangering their work. Having the choice to say no makes all the difference when it comes to sexual endeavors. Learning to enforce boundaries isn't easy, and if the platform being used doesn't protect the sugar baby or escorts access to bargaining power, then it's a danger and a bad thing. So I think the 49% of yes and I have and no but I would together equaling 84% saying that they would be open to it shows that escorts are open to this kind of thing as well. So maybe if you like the escort you're seeing, just go ahead and ask her. I know our rates are high for a small amount of time, but I think a lot of people are amenable to like um, a reasonable monthly allowance if they like someone and too much isn't being asked of them, like texting all day every day. No one really has the time for that. But I think, yeah, there's also something to asking escorts if they'd be open to this kind of dating, especially during Corona. So let's take a look at some of the comments that were written under this um, tweet poll. I'm not going to say that person's name. I was going to, but I don't like I, they didn't consent to their name being broadcast on the, the podcast. So just on the safe side, I'll just read off what the comment is. One said, I've always considered arrangements and sugar baby relationships to be a form of escorting. I've had two exclusive arrangements over the course of my career. I also had one client who booked me up so much, I just didn't really bother seeing anyone else. Someone else said, this is something I offer, but with strict restrictions and only with clients I've seen before. Another said, would definitely depend on the details of said arrangement. It should be more rewarding instead of less, in my opinion, which these arrangements can tend to be less rewarding for the sex worker. Another, definitely not, would be hell for me mentally. I like to enjoy my time with a set time and rate with clients. I don't like the emotional labor of texting, manipulation, etc. that comes with the sugar daddy dynamic. Also, I don't want to downplay my earning potential. I don't want a fixed income. Another, no, because in my opinion, for it to be a genuine sugared baby, sugar daddy arrangement, there is a level of availability both physically and emotionally that I am not willing to provide. I require freedom and flexibility, and they are not synonymous with arrangements in my experience. 
another. I have had two arrangements that are completely okay with this until this pandemic comes to an end, but I'm still seeing regular clients every now and then. Another, yes, but only due to the pandemic. Although I don't use sugar terms, I implement a retainer along with my rates. I didn't vote because I wouldn't recommend it or be open to it other than a situation like this pandemic without lawyers and a very high compensation involved. Another, I don't think I'd ever do an exclusive arrangement. I just don't feel comfortable giving one person that much power over me, but I've done non-exclusive arrangements or varying types before and will likely do them in the future with the right client clients. Another, as others have mentioned, I am currently open to an exclusive arrangement, but only due to the pandemic. Another, I'm open to it, but it'll need to be worth it. I'm not going to downgrade my current standard of living for an arrangement. Another, I didn't vote in this poll, but I have to say I do everything in my power to avoid relying on one man. That just sets up potential for bad juju. Another, I personally like that a lot, but it can go sour rather quickly for various reasons. One would be holding power over you, as the others mentioned. Another is when a person starts to believe it is the real deal. Still possible if limits and boundaries are set and followed from the start. Another, I answered no, I wouldn't, and here's why. I don't like to depend on just one person for my income. A few men might be okay, as long as they don't know each other. It's just not safe. They will always hold the money over you to get you to do things you don't want to do. Someone commented, that's why I said no as well. I've done it a couple times in the past and it didn't go well. Both guys knew I was depending on them and started using that to try and manipulate me. Another, I haven't, but a couple friends of mine have and still are. They all have been generally positive experiences. Maybe it's becoming more common in the pandemic and lockdown situation. Another, it depends on the clientele, their expectations, finances, etc. It's all sex work, but whether I'd engage is really variable. Another, I would agree to a long-term arrangement for the right price. However, I will never be at the beck and call of anyone. Not even my dom got that. I am independent, own another business, and am hustling something every day. I can't just drop everything because his dick needs attention. <laughs> um, another, it would have to be at least double what I make. I would probably lose a decent amount of my regulars if I were to be unavailable for a long time. I'd be cutting down my earning potential if I got in an arrangement. Another, I offer arrangements but not sugar baby stuff. My time is still X amount an hour. I offer two level boyfriend arrangements and an exclusive arrangement, bare minimum, and has to exceed what I would make independently that month. And the last one here, as a former sugar baby turned escort, I wouldn't mind going back to it, but I do it for a high monthly rate. Alright, so I guess, yeah, no one's really a fan of exclusivity, but a lot of them are open to it. Uh, granted, their time will still be respected and they will not be, I guess, bargained down for their time. This is this is the thing, though. I understand that everyone has a budget, so that's kind of the thing of not requiring exclusivity. Even the Seeking Arrangements rep said that monogamy is not expected or usually practiced by either or both party. So... If you don't expect exclusivity, it won't be a huge cost to you. Likely, if the person is okay with the idea um, and it correlates with the amount of time invested. Oh, man, I, I don't even know if I... I usually write out the stuff the day before, but today I just did it all the same day. So hopefully that all made some sense. 
Oh, yeah. Just maybe a reminder that all this is like a niche group of escorts who are on Twitter in the first place. Second place, follow me. So they're likely in North America, specifically a lot of Canadians and in some kind of bubble on Twitter that I am in that I can't seem to easily expand from. I would love to follow more of you sex workers from other countries. So please feel free. You know what? I'll make a post and you should just comment because I close my DMs. Okay, so finally, I would like to ask all of you interested in sending in some stories that you'd like to share or some comments or concerns about a past experience or an upcoming one, a funny story with a client or a companion, whatever. I've seen a number of show do like love line type things. And instead of a bunch of weird love stories, I was just going to listen to some great stories from clients or companions that you want to share. So me and a co-host will read them aloud or answer them on the show. Maybe do this once every other month. You can probably guess who the co-host is going to be. <laughs> you can record yourself on your voice memo app on your phone and send it to the show. Or you can write in if you'd like. Let's have a little fun this, this COVID season. Maybe I'll just do it once a month because it does seem like quite a bit of fun. So yeah, just send that in this week if you've got something to share or want to hear us discuss on the show. And yeah, I'll see you all next time. Happy Monday, everyone, and don't forget to stay curious.